Thank you, God, for this moment of prayer and worship. I ask you for your covering over this time. That as we come before you, I deny that your presence will move in this place. That as we listen to your word, God, we will be able to be shifted in the places that you're calling us to be shifted into. I ask that, Lord, every spirit of shame, Lord, 
the spirit of shame that is in, on anybody right now. We cancel it in the name of Jesus. We cancel that spirit of shame off of you in the name of Jesus. I cancel it in Jesus' name. We bind it with the blood of Jesus and we command that spirit to go. You are not in shame. You have not been shamed. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. I want you to say that out loud. If you're dealing with shame, I just want you to say it. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I am not condemned in Christ Jesus. Say that. I am not condemned in Christ Jesus. I am not condemned in Christ Jesus. I receive my freedom from condemnation. Say it right now. I receive my freedom from shame in the name of Jesus. Come on. Yep, come on. Burp it out. Release it out. Whatever is trying to leave you, just let it go. Yawn it out. So God, we thank you for releasing your children from the spirit of shame. I pray right now and I cancel any association with shame and past issues and even um divination of any kind that came through shame we rebuke it in the name of jesus i thank you lord that you are covering your people with the garment of love and peace and unity and even oneness with you and sonship in the name of jesus so as we come together to pray and worship i just ask you for your covering and your protection and your love and your peace as we listen to your word and learn from your word today I bless your holy name, Lord. We exalt you in this room above all. In the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. All right. So <laughs> I was praying. I prayed like twice. And I tried to save it. It got interrupted and it got deleted. So I'm going to just prophesy what I prayed. What the Lord was showing me. As I was praying, I saw a woman, a white woman. And... What I saw was, um, you look worried. You look worried. You look like there was a lot going on. And you didn't know what to do. You look almost like hope deferred. You know the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick, and I saw that. And as I was praying, uh, the Lord, the Lord was revealing to me what it was that you didn't know what to do next concerning ministry. And you didn't know how to step into ministry because you've had a horrible past. Um, and he was highlighting the woman, the, woman uh, the adulterous woman to me. And God said, where are your accusers? Where are your accusers? He told the woman, woman, where are your accusers? They all left, right? And so God is telling you right now, yes, you've had a bad past, but he doesn't remember it anymore. He told the woman, go and sin no more. This is your season of you stepping into ministry that God has called you to step into. What I was seeing also was bricks being put together. But then the bricks, you didn't know how to put the bricks together. And that's that pioneering spirit that God has given you. And God is saying that he's going to give you the strategy to do it. You just ask him and he will give it to you. And then as I saw that, I saw um, 
a sword come into the room. And I was like, okay, what is the sword? And God is literally cutting the spirit of fear, the spirit of timidity off of you as you pray. As you pray in tongues, that sword is going to literally cut off all that fear. And then I saw the Lord show me three things, three visions. He showed me your feet and he's anointing your feet. And then he washed your feet. Okay, and then he put new shoes. He, well, he washed your feet and he wiped your feet and he put new shoes on your feet. So what the Lord is saying is that he has given you new wine. Okay, he's given you new wine. He's anointed. He's, he's washed your feet with his word. He's put new shoes on your feet. And that's the permission that he's given you to go forth. And now it's your turn to move forward. And then he showed me a pathway, like, you know, when you go hiking and you see that small little pathway, he said he's giving you that pathway. So you got to move. You got to step into it. So I pray right now over you and I pray the Lord, the justice of the Lord. You need, you need justice in your life. God is God. God is the God of justice. Okay. He says, vengeance belongs to me. Oh, God. Yeah. I see you crying when I said that. Vengeance belongs to me, says the Lord. Vengeance belongs to me. You don't got to avenge yourself. No, no, no. Vengeance belongs to me. He said, all you got to do, he's cleaned you. He's anointed you. He's wiped your feet. He has put new shoes on your feet, new territories on your feet, new ways on your feet. You just got to step into the pathway that he's crafted for you to step into. Do not look at your accusers. They're they all left. They're nowhere to be found. I see laughter come over your face now. God is going to lead you. Okay? Step into it.
so we've had some worship and prayer um but i just pray right now that everything that we're doing today that we will bow down and and let the lord really minister to us today i don't know what i'm going to be saying but i do have the the bible verses uh where god is taking me but we're just gonna you know go through this whole time with the lord and let him be the one to lead us um so before we start last week i talked about jacob we know that 2023 is the year of joseph's and also the year of jacob yep the year of jacob too um it's funny because the lord let me minister to somebody in october um august or october i don't remember which one but i was uh, i went to get food and this is how the lord was leading me to um, know about what to talk about for this um, series of Joseph's. So I I went to get food and I was in a drive-thru. And I was sitting there waiting for my food to come. And I was looking at the guy and I was wondering, I'm wondering like, you know, and I don't think it was me that was wondering. It was just the Holy Spirit that was leading me to start to minister to him. And I was wondering what his name was. Um, and then I heard in the spirit, Jacob. And I'm like, oh, okay, his name is Jacob. So he comes to the to the um the window and I see a different name. So I ask him like, hey, what's your name? And he says a different name. And I'm like, okay. So the Holy Spirit tells me, ask him if his name is Jacob. <laughs> so I ask him, is your name Jacob? And literally like his eyes just widen so big. And then he's like, how do you know about Jacob? And I'm like, the Lord, the Holy Spirit told me about Jacob. And then that's when conviction set on him. You could just see the conviction, the conviction of the Holy Spirit just come upon him. And that was the main purpose of why the Lord led me to, you know, minister to him. Then he said he started to confess. He was like, well, I used Jacob when I um, I think I'm going to get in trouble. He said, when I think somebody's going to, you know, get me in trouble and they ask me what my name is, I just say Jacob. And it's so funny and ironic, you know, how he used the name supplanter to deceive because supplanter means deceiver. Every time I minister to people, I, I not only want to give them what God is saying, but I also ask God what he's saying to me. And so after I, I asked him that, that and he confessed, the conviction was so heavy on him. But then the Lord said, Bernice, I want you to put some sugar on it. I want you to tell him that I love him. I want you to tell him, thank you for telling me your your." your correct name and so when I said thank you for telling me your correct name you could see conviction like sitting on him like oh I need to tell people my 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 real name and then God said I want you to put some sugar on it tell him I love him so I told him the Lord says he loves you the moment I said that it was like something broke off of him not just that but he received the conviction in a different, in a deeper way. 
than than just saying that you know thank you for telling me your name and what god is saying in this moment of course is that for for him it was to to tell the truth and shame the devil right but for those in ministry what god is saying especially those that are calling to evangelism you're gonna especially those that are calling to like the marketplace and the, and the masses you're gonna meet people the lord is saying you gotta remember to put some sugar on it why because that's the way they can swallow god convicts but he also does it in love it says god god chastises those that he loves right whenever god chastises you you still feel his love you don't just feel chastisement but you still feel his love and that's the trueness of who god is how he is as a father as a discipliner he says that the rod and the staff they comfort me even his chastisement is comfort as well and so what god is saying is that many of you are John the Baptist you're going into the word and repent repent even Jeremiah's right and you and he's telling you to put some sugar on it because honestly think about it if John the Baptist was not kind with his words was not loving nobody would want to trust him to put put them under water right yes he 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 spoke the word and he he was bold cuz evangelists need to be bold he was bold with his words but for people to actually want to know who you know know that Jesus saves and that the Lord you know the Lord Jesus is coming and you know the the kingdom of God is here and you know it's time for them to get baptized and all of that guess what they have to really trust and trust comes with love so you have to trust him and John the Baptist probably it doesn't really say a lot but i i believe he 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 walked in love you know you can't really win masses to the kingdom of god if you don't walk in love love is is the first commandment to love one another as god loves us so whenever you are going out there and ministering ask the lord where do you want me to put the sugar because listen even when jesus told the the adulterous woman he still put sugar on it How did he put sugar on it? He said, "Where are your accusers?" That's sugar. He says, "Where are your accusers?" There's no shame here anymore. That's sugar. And even and afterward he says, "Go and sin no more." That is conviction. Go and sin no more. And even um the the man who Jesus healed, he the lepers. What did he say? Pick up your mat and walk. That's sugar. And he says, "What? Do not sin. Do not. Do not sin anymore. For so that you know nothing worse happens. That's conviction. So ask the Lord when you He sent you out there, especially those evangelists that go out there. Ask Him, where do you want me to put the sugar? Because you got to use a, your gift of discernment. You can discern. You can feel." people emotions bearing one another's burdens are feeling emotions as well not just praying for each other but really feeling compassion you can feel you can sense and you can see that the person is convicted in a level that you need to hug them or bless them or do something to really help them to know that there's no conviction there's no um conviction without love right because conviction without love is shame right 
You're not there to go shame people. You're there to convict with love. So that's what the Lord was showing me. That, you know, as you go there, as you go out and win souls, you got to go in love. I meet people. Well, I've seen, you know, um, evangelists that go and they're like, repent, you're going to die tomorrow. <laughs> oh, Lord. Listen. Nobody want to hear you say that. Like, yes, they could die tomorrow. And you don't know where they're going to go. But, you know, to say repent for the Lord wants to get to know you on a deeper level. He loves you and he wants to meet you. And he and he wants to help you with your life issues, you know. Like, you want to you wanna, you wanna cultivate that with some sugar. <laughs> I'm not saying that dilute the word. No, no, no. Even in the word of God, there's there's a place where there's a love. Love is in the word of God. Corinthians, right? God is love, right? Love is kind. Love is patient. All of that. And even in the book of the Songs of Songs, that's a love message. Even when Hosea was told to marry the, the, the harlot, there's love there, right? So um, really ask God where to add the sugar and he will tell you. Right? Especially prophets that go out. There are some governmental prophets that are like, just want to pound on people. <laughs> just want to like, bam! You are in sin. And you need to stop fornicating with that married man. You need to stop doing that. God sees you in the name of Jesus. You know, there, there are prophets that are like that. I've been like that before. You know, ain't no good prophet gonna just see good things for you alone and not tell you to stop fornicating or stop abusing or stop doing this or doing that or stop lying or whatever no that's not how the message of god is people think oh god is just gonna filter out certain things and just yeah we prophesy in parts and we know in parts but guess what god is also gonna reveal some parts that you don't want to hear right but the thing is you know, if you're that kind of prophet, you just need to know how to like put some sugar, put some sugar on it. So the message is put some sugar on it, okay? Because there are people that you know are need healing and need need um, reassurance. You know, um, treat people how you want to be treated. If if you were in in sin, you want you want to be loved. You know, even though you don't really deserve love. <laughs> Because you've been, in, you've been doing the worst of the worst. But guess what? Those are the ones that deserve love the most. Jesus said, I did not come for the, you know, and I'm paraphrasing. I did not come for those that are, you know, not sick. I came for the sick. I came for those that need a physician. Right? And he's a great physician. So every great physician knows how to heal. Right? Knows how to um, be a source of encouragement. Right? Especially in the medical field so the message for today put some sugar on it
song that we listen to with worship music and at the end i'm gonna list all the worship musics and tell you who the artist is or the worshiper or the summist is so last week like i said we talked about jacob talk about esau jacob rebecca isaac abraham sarah you know ishmael hagar all of that and we know that out of the 12 tribe of israel there are four mothers that came out of it leah was one of them Right, we know that from the twelve tribe of Israel, God used the women, even though they were doing a lot, they were doing the most with all that competition that was happening. But God used it for the good, right? So now, now we're gonna look at Genesis thirty-seven. We're gonna start up, start off the Joseph story, okay? Genesis um, thirty-seven. Take out your Bibles, your pens, your books. And get ready to scribe down what God is saying to you personally. So for, for the... I just want to highlight this one. For the... Um, Genesis 37. We're going to see the, the different women that gave birth. So I would say for the four mothers, they were... You know, Rachel gave birth to two. The 12, the 12 tribe of Israel. Uh, two kids. And uh, Bilhah, which is basically um, one of the concubines, um, gave birth to two. Leah gave birth to six sons. And Zilpah, who is Leah's maid. Bilhah was Rachel's maid. And Zilpah is um, Leah's maid. Gave birth to six and then, um, no, sorry, she gave birth to two. 
And then Leah was the one that gave birth to the most because she was trying to win her husband's heart. God had a different purpose for all of this. All right, so let's read it. So now Genesis 37. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger and in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob, Joseph being 17 years old. Wow. He was 17 when all of this started. Well, he he was... All of this started already before he was even, you know, born. But, you know, God has, there are different ages where he has different things that he has set in place. The Lord is telling me this. I have to say this part. You know, back to the story of the Jacob, the guy that I met at the fast, the fast food. Um, many of you want to meet people that would tell you your name. You know, but God didn't tell me his name. He told me the name that he was pretending to be. And what God is saying is that don't be excited by people telling you your name. But be excited about the secrets that people are able to identify through him. In this season, God is prophesying things that only you and him have intimately. Right? Only you and him are... Those things that are intimate in your intimate relationship with him that's what he's prophesying the intimacy there's a prophetic intimacy that he's releasing that that only you and him have you know how like friends have like um they have their own little jokes that that is what he's prophesying he's he's showing his intimacy even for me i've, I've had some intimate words spoken to me by prophets and i was like whoa that's like really intimate, <laughs> like really, really intimate, like as though they were like there. That's the Lord saying the nearness of him as in this season. He is near. The nearness, the nearness is who, who he is revealing to many of us. Okay. So going back to this. So uh, going back to this. And it says that this is the history of Jacob. We know where Jacob came from. If you don't know, please go back and listen to last time podcast. Um, Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zopah. Bilhah, like I said, is Rachel's maid. Zopah is Leah's maid. Okay. Jacob was married to both of these women. If you don't know why and how, go back and listen to the teaching from last time. His father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Pause. Let's pause right there. I want to look at the prophetic numerical meaning of 17 if you don't know numbers mean something prophetically 17 what does 17 mean well seven is the number of completion right 17 means spiritual order incomplete immature undeveloped childish victory and i believe 
we can see some childishness, some undeveloped, some immaturity in Joseph at this age of 17. You know, with some of the decisions that he made and some of the things that he made. So let's look into it. And I'm not saying that just because you were 17, you were childish or whatever, you know, all of that. But um, there are some childishness with people who are 17 and some immaturity, right? Because you grow into maturity as time go on. So we see here that Joseph is 17 years of age and he's, you know, feeding the flock, which is basically, you know, um, animals. He's shepherding um, with his brothers. And we see that um, already he's been a tattletale. He came with a bad report. He's seen some things that he's not really liking. He probably was somebody who followed the rules. Like, Father said, we need to pour the water in the bin first before we move this there. Why are you moving this there before pouring the water in the bin? And his brothers are probably like, listen. <laughs> Spoiled. <laughs> Spoiled child. We ain't going to be listening. We are older than you. Go sit somewhere. You know, that that older older brother, younger brother rivalry, right? And I, I believe that you can tell a little bit about the leadership qualities of Joseph, even from the beginning of this whole story. You know, that even the apostolic anointing, that leadership anointing, because leaders and even apostles, they like order. They don't like chaos. They don't like things out of order. And 17 means spiritual order. So you can see that, you know, God was cultivating him here. He brought a bad report. Let's see what a bad report was. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peace, peaceably to him. So it doesn't really say what the bad report was here, but it, it must have been something bad that Joseph was like, I can't overlook this. I'm going to go tell father about it, right? So he goes straight to the father and just go report it. That's some of us, right? When we, we see something, we go straight to the Lord and like just start telling the Lord what, what that person did. But we, we don't know that we, we ourselves have done something wrong too, right? Uh, so why why did the brothers didn't like Joseph? Because Joseph's father loved Joseph and Benjamin more than he did the other kids. Because the other kids were from Leah. And we all know that Jacob did not want to marry Leah from the beginning. He was deceiving to marry Leah. And uh, Rachel had, was barren for a while. So they were trying to get a baby. And he loved Rachel more than he loved Leah. So the, because he loved Rachel more, he loved Rachel's kids more. Which is not good. Because we see the same uh, division and favoritism happen between Jacob and Esau with Rebekah. Uh, and Isaac, their parents. We see this generational 
curse. Negativity literally like emerge in this. So what God is saying is that it's important that if there is favoritism that your parents are showing you and your brothers or you and your sisters, you got to be the one to say when you get married and when you have kids, you are not going to do that. It stops with you, right? You got to be the one to do that. So it says here that, you know, he loved him more. And so what did he do? He put a stamp on it. <laughs> That's what he did. He put a stamp on it. He's like, you know what? I'm going to show y'all I love him. And I believe that he was doing that in a way of past hurt. In a way of past hurt. Because his dad, Isaac, favored Esau more than he favored him. And so... Seeing that Jacob is the youngest, right? And Joseph is the youngest. He was trying to live through his kids. And you can tell that some parents try to live through their children, that they forget about the other children. Some of them, it could be that, you know, when you were younger, you couldn't play soccer because your brother was playing football. And so your mother could not take you to soccer and take your brother to football at the same time because your dad had to work. So now that you have kids, you don't want the younger one to not be able to play the sport that they want. So you neglect the older one from playing their sport because you, you never had a chance to play your sport. You know what I'm saying? So we see here that Jacob was literally like loving on Joseph more. He could have, he, he could have made tunic for all of them. He could have made tunic for all of them and maybe made... Joseph's a little bit more extra, but no, he only made a tunic for Joseph. And when his brothers saw, when his brothers saw it, they were really not happy about that. They hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. That's the thing is that favor brings hatred. Favor brings hatred. Favor brings discomfort. Favor brings people around you who would not want to see you prosper. Favor causes people not to be able to speak peaceably to you. There are people who are two-faced around you because you're favored. Three, uh, five. Now Joseph had a dream. Oh, Lord. And he told it to his brothers. All right, let's pause. First of all, I don't think Joseph had a... Um, I don't think his 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 gift of discernment was kicking in in this time. <laughs> oh God, I don't think his gift of discernment was kicking in. I think he was immature a little bit and undeveloped uh, in this moment. Because if you can discern, I mean, I don't think that the brothers were hiding that they didn't like him. But if if you could discern that you were the favorite one and you were the one that is picked, you would not want to be flaunting your dreams in front of them. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a CEO and I'm going to do this. and I'm going to, you know, go here and do that. You don't want to you don't want to share that because you already know that they don't already like you. But this is the revelation that the Lord has has showed me through the years of studying Joseph. Joseph was around his brothers, but his brothers were not around him. What do I mean by that? Have you ever spent time around somebody that didn't want you to spend time around them? You feel alone even though you are amongst many people, right? And so the way that he could cause them to be interested in 
being around him was to share something that they would want to hear but don't really want to hear something that they would be interested in but at the same time not like to hear it you know how there are people who meet up and then they gossip you know you're not supposed to gossip but you know that that gossip will draw you closer to that person in a negative way so let's think about it that way is that joseph was like you know what you know i have some dreams that i could share with them and get them closer to me get them to talk to me i think that was his way his leverage of having his brothers be around him because benjamin was younger right but his brothers were like try you know probably around his age group you know um older than him but you know around his age group and he wanted that friendship he wanted that relationship that brotherly love but the only way was for him to share his deepest revelations that he's had with God. And even like it reminds me of like you know when a husband and wife are fighting and the husband is probably the one that did something wrong and the wife doesn't want to talk to the husband but then the husband has some juice or some heard something it's like oh look I heard this about this and that causes the wife to want to listen and the wife you know they start talking and laughing and then the wife is like you know then they start to talk about like the issue that they had and that was like the bridge to it but it wasn't a good bridge but it it caused them to really um break the ice and really like talk about their issue and i believe that is what joseph was doing here that he was he felt alone you know i think that he didn't he didn't say that he had friends but but you know at that time i believe that him going out to feed the flock with his brothers he wanted to feel included he wanted to not feel isolated that that spirit of rejection from his brothers because of jacob um favoritism was causing him not to be able to be loved by his brothers like how he should be So let's continue. 5. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers. And they hated him even the more. What did he expect? They're going to love him that, you know, you are literally and what God is telling me is that hatred is the beginning of witchcraft. Literally, hatred is the beginning of witchcraft. Um if you know a lot of you you have issues in your life because you know that the person doesn't like you you know that the person is jealous of you is hatred of you why are you keep holding on to that relationship cut the cords let surrender the person if anybody doesn't mean you well one thing i've learned is that when you're telling somebody good news don't don't just look at what you were saying but look at their emotions look at how they are acting especially like in text messages and and when you cannot see them read in between the lines if the person is not happy for you don't keep sharing the, that information with them i remember there was a uh, somebody that um wanted to merge with ministry wanted me to merge with ministry with the person and 
I was shit. I I did not feel right about merging ministry with that person. I remember I wasn't having peace about it. I just was not feeling good about it, and I didn't know why. And so I remember I was sharing the per. I was sharing with the person, you know, an opportunity that God opened for me. And I was telling the person, "Oh my gosh," and the person was like happy for me, but I, it wasn't like the happiness that I was expecting. And so I, I brushed it aside. I'm like, oh, maybe they're just having a bad day. Maybe I shouldn't have shared it. Maybe they have, your life is not really going as they planned it. But then I remember um, somebody else that the Lord led me to, and at that same place, and the person literally was have was going through something, and the Lord was telling me to share with that person the opportunity that I shared with the other person so that it could encourage them because they were going through that same issue it came over as I was talking to the other person and then the um the lady that wanted to merge with ministry was like oh you don't have to tell me I, I don't need to hear it again and that was jealousy that was hatred because I wasn't even talking to her she came in as I was talking to somebody else about you know, what God did for me and God is going to do it for her too, encouraging her. The moment she said that, I realized that this is the moment I'm in right now. That Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even the more. That was the moment I was in at that moment right there. And I wasn't even talking to her, I was talking to the other girl, but she overheard it again and she was like, oh, you don't have to tell me again. I'm like, I wasn't even telling you. So the thing is, you got to watch people's reactions when you're talking to them. You got to ask the Lord every day. Increase my discernment. Even things that I, I cannot pick up in the natural. Let me pick it up in the spirit realm. Oh, when you walk in the spirit, you you will not even open your mouth and share it because you already see the spirit. That is operating in the person. You're like, mm, no, she can't handle it. There are times that the Lord has, you know, I wanted to share something, a good news with somebody. The Lord is like, no, don't, don't share it. Mm-mm. You got to listen to those Holy Spirit leadings. Because there are people behind your back that might smile in your face, but they don't really like you. You know? And here, Joseph was not discerning this. I don't think his discernment was, was going off here. Six, so he he said to, to them, please, oh God, hear this dream which I have dreamed. Dream is a, 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 a sea anointing. People who dream, there are people who meet you, like there are people who, um, as they're talking to you, God is showing them visions, that part of seer, being a seer. Um... There are people who, when they meet you, God is not talking to them about anything about you. But when they go to bed, oh, it is a whole book. <laughs> they will get up. They will know everything. Like, they will literally read your book. They will wake up and like, wow, okay. That is who I talk to. So, there are people who have a seer anointing in dream room. And there are people who have a seer anointing when they are awake. There are people who have a dual anointing of seeing in the natural when they're awake. 
or in the spirit when they're awake and then seeing when they're dreaming as well uh, I believe that normally God leads people who are seers through the dream realm before he starts to show them when they're awake because when you're awake you're distracted you have a lot going on you have kids you have work you you, you know there's a lot you have to do being somebody who's a seer uh, God cultivate you majority of the time in your dream realm before he does in your seer when you're awake because when you are able to capture your dreams and get dream interpretation as we see in the book of Daniel and even in the book of Joseph as we're going to read further on you will be able to understand your seer when you're awake quicker it's easier to understand what you're seeing normally than it is when you're dreaming dream realm seeing is more cryptic than when you're awake seeing paranomics you know visions and um quick visions that God shows you. Those are a little easier to understand. But I think that the Lord takes most seers through the difficult realm of seeing before he takes them through the easy realm of seeing in the in the uh when you're awake because in the difficult way of seeing he cultivates you so that when you're awake you you know you've you've been trained. Okay? And also when you are a seer in the dream realm, there are times where God will cause you your dream realm to halt a little bit. And doesn't mean that he stop talking to you in the dream realm or he stop your gift of being able to dream as a seer. It's just that he's trying to train your other senses in a different way. There are a lot of senses that you have as a spiritual being. And what he's trying to do is he could be trying to show you open visions more than dreams. Because he's trying to train you in that open vision or paranomic vision or pictorial visions. Okay, He's trying to show you those things so that as you're going throughout your day, you are able to get the seer anointing going as you're talking to people, as you're ministering, you know. That you don't have to sleep before he can talk to you, right? That he can show you visions of, you know, uh, people and places and things and words and Bible verses and, and even situations. And show you, uh, you know, angels and all of that, right? Even demons, okay? He can show you things so that you don't have to rely only on when you're sleeping. Because you, you can't really minister in front of a lot of people and sleep, right? So, God does that. Here that Joseph is a seer. He's a seer in the dream room. So, he tells his brothers, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. Again, he is really pushing it for his brothers to hear him. He's really like trying really hard to get them to listen to him, to be his friend. I think that this was a spirit of rejection speaking. This was a spirit of neglect speaking. Because only those that have a spirit of rejection will continue to try and seek approval from the person that does not want to talk to them. Only the spirit, people with a spirit of rejection will continue to poke at somebody that hate you, right? If you don't have the spirit of rejection, when you see that somebody doesn't like you, what do you do? Oh, okay, you show me your true colors? 
fine. You're going to step back a little. You're going to step back. You're going to be like, okay, I see what's happening here. But somebody who has a spirit of rejection, of neglect, of uh, even condemnation, or just a spirit of not, even self-sabotage, right? This is all a spirit of self-sabotage because, I mean, he didn't really sabotage himself because God used it all for good. But he was literally like picking at the wood continuously, trying to cause them to listen to him and seeing that he they don't really like him, he did not stop. So he said, seven, then we wear binding sheets again. So I think for, okay, for this part, it says we, we wear binding sheets. So there are dreams, there are different levels in dreams. I talked about the dream realm teaching last year. So if you can go back and look at it, uh, it was part of the discernment of spirits um podcast episode but in the dream realm and even in the seer realm god talks to you about you and then god talks to you about other things other people other places even in prayer just like in prayer god might lead you to pray for somebody else right and god might lead you to pray for yourself same with the seer realm there are things that god will show you that's only for you there are things that god will show you that's all for other people those things, when he show it to you and you are in a dream with other people, there are times where you, when it comes to the dream realm, you got to seek the Lord before you share it because it's very complex. It's very cryptic sometimes. And the more you start to unveil the dream realm, the more difficult it gets. I don't know why God does that, but he does. The more cryptic it becomes, the more weirder it becomes, <laughs> the more on. The more difficult it becomes to crack to crack the you know the code of what the dream is about. He doesn't really do that much with the CRM when you're awake and you're seeing visions, right? So with Joseph, he was 17. Most people who are real seers, like real, real seers, they have been seen since they were little children. So when your kids come to you and they say, oh, God, mommy, I had a dream about this and I had a dream about that. You got to pay attention because God is trying to tell you your child is a seer. OK. For me, I started to see before I even knew I was a prophet, before I even started to prophet. I prophesied through my dreams. I prophesied through my dreams. I remember I would dream and I would see. I saw more as a little girl than I saw than I you know I saw now. But I didn't I didn't have language for it. And I didn't know what I was seeing. Um but I would say this when I was little, I would dream and I would see it happen. I would dream and the next day it happens. And I'll tell my mom. I remember I had a dream about my uncle. And it was so real. The next day, what exactly what he was wearing in the dream, I saw it all the next day. So, God cultivate true seers and true dreamers when you're little. So, it's not by happenstance that Joseph is a dreamer or a seer at age 17. Most of your kids who are true seers will start to see at like 8 years of age or even 6 years of age. 
you know, um, they might try to they start to see at twelve. At that teens, those those little ages, you gotta you gotta show them to put something down and write down, or tell you and you write it down, okay? Because that's important. Because when they do that, they will know over time. They'll know who to tell. Just because somebody's in your dream doesn't mean that you're supposed to tell them. Maybe the God is trying to reveal something to you personally about that dream. So I can understand why Joseph said, you know, this particular dream to his brothers because he saw his brothers in his dream, right? And he was young. He was a little immature of this gift that God has given him, right? And of course, God knew that he was going to be immature. Every seer has been a little bit immature with their seeing. Trust me, I have. And God has cultivated me to be a little bit a little bit more mature than I, I I was. So it says here, there we were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed your sheaf stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. This is the dream. This dream has a lot of depth to it. This dream has a lot of um, hidden messages to it. This dream um, has a lot of even the future, the present. It has a present, the future to it. Okay. And he said, there we were. Because when you dream, it's it becomes the past. Because once you see it, it has already happened. It's the past. To you, it is. Even though it has not happened yet in the future or in the present, it's in the future, but to you, it's in the past because you've seen it. That's what, that's what the Lord says. Blessed are those who believe and have not seen. Because those who believe and have not seen, they are in the future. But those who have seen are in the past because they've already seen it happen. Even though... It's something that's yet to happen, if you know what I mean. So, he tells about, you know, his dream that he had. And this is what the brother said. So, he said to them, please, hear this dream, which I dream. And he told him, eight. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. There are two gifts here. There are the gift of interpretation of dreams. And then, there, and then there's the dream gift. Joseph has the dream gift. The brothers have the dream interpretation. They have a gift, the brothers but they were jealous of Joseph, who had the dream and didn't even understand the dream in depth. Because if he really understood it, he wouldn't go back to them and say, oh, I dreamt your sheep were bowing down to my sheep. Because he's like, wait a minute, Lord, why are you showing me this? They don't even like me to begin with. I'm not going to tell them that. But because he didn't yet understand the dream on a level that he should. Later on, he did. Because we see it in the in the in the um, in the uh, in the prison when he was with the cupbearer and the baker. But that's the thing about dreamers. 
That's why I'm saying that if you're a mother or a father, you gotta help decode the dreams of your children. Because when you start off as a dreamer, you don't really understand what what's going on, unless you you ask the Lord to give your child the the gift of interpretation of dreams. But one thing I've I've realized is that most most seers who dream, they have to search the Lord for the interpretation. I believe that the Lord does that specifically because it draws you closer to him. It does. It draws you closer to him. It it cultivates your trust for him and your dependency on him. Because we look in the word of God in the book of Daniel, I think book Daniel 9. Daniel had to go seek Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Nebuchadnezzar was a dream. He dreamed. God God caused him to dream. Even people who are in sin can dream, okay? God caused him to have a dream. People who don't who don't who don't reverence the Lord, who are not, you know, in fear of the Lord, they can dream too. Leaders can dream. Okay? And remember, not every dream is from the Lord. You gotta cultivate the dream. Again, go back and listen to my dream my dream um podcast message. But not every dream is from the Lord. Some of them are from the demonic realm, some of them are from God. Um But anyway, so Nebuchadnezzar dreamt. He didn't understand the dream. That's the thing. He needed interpret interpreter of the dream, and Daniel had that interpretation gift. Even though Daniel had that interpretation gift, he still seek the Lord to find out. He told Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to pray with him, and he also prayed and seek the Lord. And the Lord gave him a download, and he thanked the Lord for doing that. See, there's a seeking when it comes to dreams. You gotta seek the Lord. And that's what he does when he's trying to grow up prophets and seers. Because that is a doorway for seeking. Okay? And relationship. So the brothers had the interpretation gift. But I don't know why. Why are you, why are you mad? And why are you um, jealous and hatred of a person who, who, who cannot even decode what God is telling them? Like, the brothers could have used this to their advantage, right? People, like, think about it this way. You are a doctor, okay? And you have decoded how to heal people from, from cancer. But you don't even understand that you just did. The person who you told, you know, maybe an equation of a chemical um, to create a uh you know uh a drug you're like oh i i you know i i i have this idea of this code for this chemical that you know that i'm I'm thinking about and the person is sitting right there and like they're getting the revelation they have the gift of revelation because interpretation of, of dreams is revelation and so the person is sitting there like oh my gosh this can literally change the world the person in front of me doesn't even know that who who is at a advantage here and who is at a disadvantage to me joseph is at a disadvantage yes he's the one that that the dream is going to happen to but he doesn't even know how to decode this dream and the brothers the brothers are at an advantage because they know what the dream is about and they 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 know what was going to happen okay so they they could either prepare themselves or sabotage themselves however they, they 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 wanted to do but you know what god shows you in your dream room is gonna happen okay 
is going to happen. So we see that the brothers were even, they hated him even the more because of the dreams that he, sh- he shared with them and for his words that he spoke. So my question to you is, who is in your circle? And what gift are you matured in? And what gifts are they matured in? And the people the people in your circle, are they running with you? Or are they tripping you when you run? Are they causing you not to be able to run and, and achieve what God is showing you in your dreams? And I'm not saying just when you know when you sleep, but the desires, the dreams that you have to open, you know, certain things to write, to 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 do the plans of God for your life. Are they helping you or are they envious? Are they envious or jealous? I want you to ask yourself that.
Yes, I'll still bless you in the middle of the storm, in the middle of my trial. I'll still bless you in the middle of the road when I don't know where to go. I'll still bless you in the middle of my storm, in the middle of my trial. I'll still bless you when I'm in the middle of And some of you, it might be your family members. It might be your spouse. I know some, I've heard, you know, uh, Lord, there are some women that are called deeper into ministry, but there are your positions, you know, like maybe you are an apostle and your husband is a pastor. We all know in the fivefold ministry, the apostle is first and the pastor is behind the apostle some men don't want to see their wives step into apostolic because of um, the the roles and and the um, they have to answer to their their wives when it comes to that ministry part but know that a woman who's securing herself and has the apostolic grace will know how to submit at home, you know, as a wife. Um, because submission is is um, is out of love, right? So some men, like, they don't want their wives to be apostolic because they feel like their ego, basically, right? So 
I want I want you to really ask yourself to show you that you know ask God to show you, like the people in your circle because we we're, we're about to step into 2022 2023 we're gonna leave 2022 i'm gonna step into 2023 you gotta know who you're running with who are your your cloud of witnesses who are the people that you're going with because you don't want to bring people around you that are jealous of you you know because joseph's brother could have brothers could have said oh wow this is the interpretation of the the dream this is what god is saying you know um that's interesting let's let's all pray about it you know let's let's figure out you know, what God want to do in our lives and what God want to do in your life. Like, how can we help all of this? No, none of that. They went straight to, are we going to bow down to you? Are you going to rule over us? If you go and tell people your dreams and they're like, oh, you, you are going to be, you know, a CEO over the corporation that you and I are both at. Oh, you're going to get the promotion and I'm not. If that person goes and says that, that's not your, your 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 running person. That's not your company of prophets. That is not your company of apostles. That is not your company of nothing. Okay? So you gotta you gotta ask the Lord to show you who's around you. Trust me, he will. I remember one time the Lord is showing me right now. Uh right I remember one time I had a dream. I was praying to the Lord about this. Like show me who's around me. Okay. And I had a dream I, I was in a car and I was driving. And I was focused on the, on the, uh, you know, forward, what I was, you know, where I was driving to. But then as I was driving, I saw people in my car. And then I saw, I look at the rear view mirror and I saw people like in my car. And they have like different faces. It was not good faces. It was demonic faces. But I recognized them. I recognize them as people people that I know in the natural. But God was showing me who they were in the realm of the spirit. Okay, so you got to ask the Lord. And he was like, you cannot bring these type of people that I just show you that, that are in your car with you. You got to drop them. Okay, because I'm showing you their true colors, who they are. When I got up, I got up out of the dream. I was like, whoa. He's like, yep, you have these type of people in with you. They don't really care. They don't really want to see you prosper. You got to let these people go. God knows how to reveal your enemies to you. Okay? He knows because some of your enemies are stopping you from being triumphant. He knows. There are some enemies like, you know, um, Judas that are important to take you to your next level. But remember... Jesus had 12 disciples and two of them betrayed him. Not all of them. Not 50% of them, but two. Even the one that betrayed him, you know, he forgave and he repented and he became a change agent, Peter. Right? He started, he, he, even his shadow, okay, did damage to the kingdom of hell. But the other one killed himself. So, you got to ask the Lord, who are your Peters and who are your Judases? He showed me who my Judases were. And he will show you too. And please, when he does, look, the dream room is so important that people, hmm, let me say this. This is, this is a freebie to you. What you see in your dream room, seek the Lord and he will give you confirmation. And when he give you confirmation, believe it. Okay. 
God knows how to show you who people are in your dream room. Do not be deceived by their smiles and their loves and whatever they do in the natural. Listen, do not. When he shows you who somebody is, when he shows you what something is, when he shows you what a place is, believe it. Because your natural eye, we walk by faith and not by sight. Your dream room is the faith realm. Your dream realm is the faith realm. He's showing you where to put your basket and where not to put your basket. The dream room will save your life. It's important. That's why the enemy sometimes attack dreamers and, and seers. You got to protect your dream room. All right. So we see here that Joseph's brothers did not like that. And, you know, anybody could understand. First of all, you, you, you know, our father likes you more than me. You know, first of all, you, you have a tunic that you're wearing around like you are the master of all. And there was some pride there, you know. I mean, Joseph was like, I don't care. I'm going to enjoy this coat that I've been made. I'm just going to wear it. <laughs> he was young. He was a little immature like we saw prophetically what 17 mean, right? Um, and so his discernment was not good. And I believe that the Lord was teaching him. How to deal with these type of things. We see these type of things happen when he goes to the um, prison. When he goes to, you know, um, Potiphar's house. We see all of it later on. These are tests that he had to take. Okay, he had the mental of dreamer. And those come with being able to hold what you see. Being able to not release it. Being able to know when the time is right. But even though he released it prematurely, God still knew. God knew he was going to release it. He knew that. Because if he, if he, if this was very important to the Lord that nobody knows, just as, you know, we see in the book of Revelation where the angel told, told um, when the, uh, the, the angel told John the Baptist to seal what he saw and not to write it down, right? We don't know what he, he, he saw. He was told to seal it. So God, if if God knew that this is a dream that Joseph's brothers, nobody can know, God will not show it to him. No, no, no. He would say seal it. He will seal it. There are times where dreamers have had dreams that they don't remember until later on. God will reveal it to them. Because you are at a point in maturity that you cannot yet understand a dream and you cannot share the dream with somebody else. Okay? And so, um, God would not have had him dream it. But he knew that he, he would say it and that would lead to him being able to go where he's calling him to go. So, it was all planned. God is a master planner. Trust me. He knows how to plan very well. Very well. So, let's continue. Then, he dreamed still another dream. And he and told it to his brothers. And said... Alright, so pause. Just because you dream and you told you tell it to your, your enemies and your enemies don't like you and hatred is there, doesn't mean that God is going to stop your dream from happening or stop you from dreaming more things. Your dream realm does, your, your enemies that do not dictate if God is going to continue to use your gift or not. Okay, so 
if your 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 gifts are causing your enemies to hate you it's not gonna stop you from being able to operate in your gift so if you're somebody who walk in miracles or healing or prophecy or faith or dreams or tongues interpretation of tongues whatever it is that you walk in that god has given you it does not stop when you have enemies okay so and nobody can take it away what god gives you only you can relinquish it what do i mean by that i remember when i was when i was young and i was dreaming and i saw a dream that i did not like at all the dream happened that was like a warning dream that god was warning me of something that was going to happen and i was young i was i think i was like what um i think i was like 17 i think so i was around that time and i i understood the dream partially i didn't tell anybody and i at that time when i was dreaming i, I rarely told anybody i remember the lord telling me to stop telling my dreams to my mom and so I stopped telling my dreams to my mom. And he said, I just want you to just seek me. And even at that time, I didn't really know how to seek the Lord on a deeper level. And I didn't even write the dreams down. I just remembered them. God literally helped me remember them. So I had that dream. I had a weird dream. It wasn't, it wasn't demonic. It was the Lord warning me about something that was going to happen. And it happened. It happened after a year or two. And I was mad. I was really mad at the Lord. And I remember telling him at that time, I didn't want to have those dreams anymore. I told him to take the dream. I remember praying. I remember right now, I was at my bed and I told him. I, I'm like, I told him, like, How, why would you show me that if, if you, you, you didn't want to stop it? But the thing is, I didn't pray about the dream that he showed me. If I prayed, it would have stopped. So there's there's your part, and then there's God's part. God will show you, but you got to pray. Okay, you got to pray for it to happen, or you got to pray for it to stop. Right? Before something happens in the natural, it has to take place in the, in the, realm, in the realm of the spirit first. So he's telling you what's going to happen before it happens. And you have the opportunity to pray it to happen or to stop it if it's not good. So it happened, and I was mad at God, and I, I, you know, and he, he, he did take, he, he paused it, he paused the dreams, and for some, for a month or two, three months, I did not dream. And when that happened, I felt like a part of me was not there. I felt like a fish out of water, literally. So I remember I went back to the Lord. I'm like, okay, I want my dream back. <laughs> I remember I went back to the same place on my bed. And I'm like, I want my dream back, Lord. I want it back. <laughs> I was this little, you know, teenage girl. And then he gave it back to me. So, the only person that can stop you from dreaming is you and God. You and God. His brothers could not stop him from dreaming. So, it says, then he dreamed still another dream. And told it to his brothers. First of all, they verbally said, you are going to reign over us. You are going to, you know, have dominion over us. He was not getting it. 
he was not his revelation was not there either he saw it or he just wanted to be around his brothers so much that the only way that they would listen to him was if he shared his dreams then he dreamt still another dream and told it to his brothers and said look i have dreamed another dream and this time <laughs> i could see the excitement because you know people who are dreamers they're very excited about their dreams especially those who are especially those who have you know who see visions like we get excited like no i believe that the moment you stop your excitement of the dreams that you dream and the visions that you see is the moment that you really stop um or you decline your dreams and your visions i believe that most dreamers and visionaries and, and people who are who see who are seers they have this excitement oh gosh god just so god just showed me this oh my gosh i just saw a lion again we get excited because it's it's the father talking to us it's you know it's intimate it's it's secret you know it's 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 like love letters to us you know it's very intimate to us uh i don't know how else to explain it but we get excited even if it's the same vision we still get excited that excitement should always be cultivated because that's what causes the lord to keep giving you that that visions and also being able to scribe it and hold it and and pray about it all of that but anyway, he, you know, you could tell his excitement like, oh, and this time the sun, the moon, the 11 stars bow down to me. Basically, he's talking about his father's and his mother and his 11 brothers bowing down to him. So he told it to his father and his brothers before he only, he only told it to his brothers. But now his father and his brothers and his father rebuked him. His father also have a dream interpretation. And said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. I want us to pause here. I'm going to do a part two to this part because I have talked a lot about dreams um this is a very important thing right here and his brothers envied him we already know that but his father kept the matter in mind when you dream and you have revelation of your dream you gotta keep it in mind you gotta store it in your mind. You gotta store it. You, of course, scribe it because honestly, the more you dream, the more you don't really remember the dreams that you dream because um, in the dream room, they are, you dream so much, it's like seeing pictures. You will not remember, remember every detail of it, right? And also, in the dream room, there is um, demons that come and attack your dreams especially those that are seers and dreamers you gotta pray over your dreams your dream realm you gotta guard your dream realm because the enemy knows that's where god talks to you so he tried to come in there okay you got to pray over your dream realm your 
dream snatchers, they're dream stealers, okay? They are demons that come in your dream to snatch your dream away. You know how the Bible says that the you know the 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 seed fall and the enemy comes and devour it, right? There are demons that come and literally cause you to forget your dreams or they can alter your dreams. So your dreams are very important. That's why you got to pray over your dream room every night. Do not give any room to the enemy. And also witchcraft can also hinder your dreams. Okay? Um, that's why people who dream and you're eating, that's not good. You can't be eating all the time in your dream room. That's witchcraft. Okay? Witchcraft is in the dream room more than anything. That's why your dream room is so important. You gotta guard it. Okay? And this is for parents. When your kids tell you about their dreams, like how we see your Jacob here about Joseph's dream, you gotta keep it in mind. You gotta pray about Ask the Lord, what do you want me to pray about this? He said that he was running and he saw a a cat turn into a lion chasing him. What is that? That's fear. That's the spirit of fear trying to come over your child. You gotta pray and rebuke that. You have authority over your kids as a parent to cancel that dream in the name of Jesus and to bind that spirit never again to come back in that dream and to pray for angels of the Lord to deal with that spirit. Okay? It's important. It's important to pray over your dream room. Pray. Okay? The enemy uses the dream room as well. All right? He does. So you got to pray over your dream room. You got to ask the Lord, is this you? And there are times where God will cause you to continue your dream. There are times where you get up out of a dream and you write it down. Then you go back to bed and then you will dream and continue your dream. I have continued my dream. God has called me to continue dreams. And there are times where God will send you back to the same dream because you do not get the revelation. And he'll cause you to dream that dream over and over and over until you get that revelation of what he's trying to tell you. And I want to touch on a demonic dream. There are divine dreams. There are flesh dreams. There are demonic dreams. There are witchcraft dreams. And there are soulish dreams. Okay? So, you got to differentiate which is which and how you do that is to pray and ask the lord of course demonic dreams you, you wake up sweating fearful and all of that um even with divine dreams sometimes you do wake up fearful but you have a peace that you cannot really understand okay it's a they are conviction dreams okay they're dreams of warning as well there are a lot of dreams uh I, I talk about it in my podcast. So you can go back and look at it. It's under the discernment of spirits. Okay. Look at the Dream Realm podcast. And listen to it. Because I know that the Joseph that a God is sending. And even the Jacobs. You are operating in this gift. Either the dream gift. Or the interpretation of dream gift. 
but you gotta know how the dream world the dream realm works okay and scribing it down is important there's some dreams that i still remember even now because they are so imprinted i have kept it in mind but there are some dreams i have to go back and look at and the thing is as a dreamer you got to if you don't understand what your dream is about don't be sharing with everybody. Oh, help me with this dream. No, I have interpreted interpreted other people's dreams. People have come to me to interpret your dreams. Um, but of course, I seek the Lord in, in helping them interpret it. But my dreams, I don't tell just anybody. I keep it to myself. And if I need to tell somebody and I ask somebody, I ask the Lord first. I rarely go to somebody to ask them what my dream is about. Because I ask the Holy Spirit. I ask God what it is about. And he tells me. And if I don't understand it, I leave it there for, you know, I pray about it a little bit. I leave it there for some time. And then sometimes God will tell me to go back and look at it. And then the other times, God will, you know, tell, give me revelation of what it is in, par- in, you know, in parts. Then I finally get the whole picture. I'm like, oh, okay. It's good to put it aside and come back to it with the fresh eyes. Okay. So we see here that the matter was kept in, in mind. What we learned here today is that um, it's important who's around you and who you're sharing your dreams with. 2023 is coming and many of you are going to do vision boards and all of that. Really be careful who you're sharing your dreams with because there are some people who are truly your enemies, but you think they're your friends. They don't want to see you get married. They don't want to see you have kids. They want to see you, your ministry grow. They don't want to see you possess that land for your ministry. They don't really want to see all the good things happen to you. Even though that are in leadership. The, the, message, the message that I shared about the leader that wanted to merge with me in ministry. That was a leader I wanted to get under. But the Lord showed me that was not a good leader for me. Not for me. Maybe for somebody else, but not for me. Okay, and he he brought me a, a different leader, so you gotta um, you gotta keep the matter in mind. Do writing them down and cultivating cultivating them in prayer. The Lord will reveal it to you. We also see that Joseph um, was immature in his dream interpretation and revelation and deliverance. There's a time to deliver a dream and there's a time to hold it. He didn't know how to hold it. And, you know, from the spirit of rejection that I'm, that we are seeing here and even neglect and, and solitude and the spirit of um, not being able to be included, exclusion, right? That we see here that he felt that he needed to tell them because that was the only way that they would include him and bring him around and listen to him so he was trying to fish for acceptance through his dream so what are some gifts and things that god has given you that you try to use to gain people's acceptance some of you might sing but you're not really singing for the lord you're just singing to have people see you or people accept you you might preach you might play you might um do certain things, but you're not doing it. You're just doing it so that people will be drawn to you or come near you or be your friend. 
You might even, oh Lord, you might even be prophesying so that people will be your friend. Remember, it's okay to hold your prophecies. And it's okay to release it. Okay? Got, you got to hold it and pray about it before you release it. If, you don't, if you're not sure if to release it or not, that is wisdom. You cannot be a genie for your friends. I don't know who you are, but you cannot be a you. You're not a genie for your. They cannot come up to you because you're a prophet and ask you to prophesy. To, that's not how it works. We are under the unction of the Holy Spirit, of the Lord, of Jesus. When He speaks, you speak. When He don't speak, I have nothing to tell you. Go to your Bible. That's a lot of prophecies in the Word of God. You can read from Genesis to Revelation. Okay, go and pray in tongues. God will tell you what he want to tell you. Don't be a prophet on demand. If they come to tell you, what is the Lord saying? Oh my God, I remember I had that issue. Somebody, somebody wanted to make me that, that person. I was like, no, no boo-boo. We ain't doing that. Mm-mm. I prayed for her. That's what I did. I prayed. Don't be a prophet on demand because if you do that, you're going to open yourself to divination. We don't prophesy on demand. Like, I mean, you know, of course, we doing the ministry of prophecy. You, you, you have the ability to prophesy on demand. But um, there's a thin line between um, manipulation, witchcraft, and true prophetic ministry. Okay? If... If God has not led you to say something to somebody, and the person is asking you, and you already told them a prophetic word that God is telling you, and they come back and like, what what else is God saying? And God has not said anything to you. Don't say anything. Okay, don't say anything because you're gonna you're gonna bring something out of your flesh. And that's what the enemy want. The enemy wants to, and that's perversion too. That's people think perversion is just sexual thing. No, no, no. Perversion is walking in your in your flesh. When you prophesy out of your flesh, that's perversion. So God does not want you to be perverse. You got to protect your anointing. Right? So we see here that Joseph was not walking in wisdom. No, 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 no. Not at all. He was not. He was walking in the flesh. He was telling everything that he was seeing. And, you know, I can sympathize in a way because he was new to all of this. And people who are seers, they're very... Um, especially when they're new, they're like new Christians. They're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I just saw this. Oh my gosh, I'm just seeing so much. Oh my god, they're just like really excited. Like, oh my god, they want to tell everybody what God showed them because it's it's new to them, you know. It's new to them, and so uh, you gotta be careful because, um, yeah, you gotta be careful. Because there are demons, there are spirits that are more attached themselves to you. There are familiar spirits. Psychics use familiar spirits. Prophets use the Holy Spirit. Which spirit are you opening yourself to? That's the question. Okay? That's the question when it comes to this dream. These dreams and, and visions. Teaching that we just had. I did not think I was going to teach about dreams and visions. But here we go. Um, yeah. So if you're somebody that, I don't know why I'm, okay. If you're somebody that, you know, 
in this 20 in this century that we live in people are really exposed to the new age with the crystals around your neck and all that that's all witchcraft okay that's witchcraft you don't need the crystal you need the holy bible i remember there was a store that i would go and get stuff there was a guy there that had a crystal around his neck and i remember one time um somebody i just passed by this girl my my belly was just hurting i was like what is this and the lord told me it's the crystal around her neck so I, I'm like, there's a crystal around her neck? So I go and look, and there's a crystal around her neck. That's what's causing her pain in her belly that she's been having. She's thinking, oh, this crystal is going to protect her. But no, that crystal is doing more harm than she thinks. And so I just, I didn't really do it. I didn't, I didn't feel led to minister to her. So I was like, that, that was like the beginning of the time that crystals started to be like, you know, popular. But anyway, this guy had a crystal around his neck at the store that he was working at. And he, I, I ministered to. Over time, you know, he had this fear spirit. Just, he had this fear. And I, every time I would get something, I would tell him, um, you know, God can protect you more than those crystals. And so finally, I got a Bible. And I gave him i i got i went to the store and he was not there he was not working at that time so i gave the bible to his manager and i told his manager give this bible to him i wrote a message in the bible for him and i gave it to his manager the next time i went his manager helped me get my stuff and he he told me he gave we gave him the bible i saw him he still had his crystal around his neck but you know I was nice to him. I pushed some sugar on it. <laughs> I put some sugar on it. And I talked to him. And I told him, God loves you. And he can protect you more than the crystal can. So, in this new age, people are really exposed to demonic things. And they might think they're dreaming. But they're not dreaming from the divine. They're dreaming from the diabolical. So it's important. That's why it's important to always pray about each dream. There are times that as a dreamer, you might not dream. But when you wake up, just pray. Just pray about what, what it is that you might have dreamt that you don't remember. And ask the Lord to unveil it to you. And trust me, he will. And there are sometimes that you might not dream when you, when you go to bed. And it's okay. God is just giving you a rest. Or maybe he's cultivating your visions or your other senses. But always, even if you don't. Even if you don't remember a dream that you maybe you did not dream, just pray about your dreamer. As a seer, as a dreamer, you have to always do not mess, do not, do not play with your dream realm. If you're a dreamer and a seer, do not play with your visions. Guard those doors with prayer. Guard them. They're very important. Before twenty, before COVID happened, I saw it in the dream room. Two months before COVID happened, I kept dreaming these dreams. I was like, my God. Even before we had the, the, uh, the floods that happened in Florida, I saw it in my dream room. I didn't go on Facebook and post it. There are things that I post on Facebook when I see it in my dream room because... 
those dreams are not just for me to pray about they're for other people to pray about as well when the church prays right together and there are things that i will never share on facebook or on social media even on here because it's just for me and so you got to ask the lord who is the dream for sometimes you might see people like how joseph saw his brothers i don't think that dream was for his brothers i think it was it was for him he didn't know how to differentiate between dreams that are for him and dreams that are for his brothers and also if you are somebody in the church you are a prophet in the church god will talk to you about the church god will do your dream room and the thing is you got to be careful what you share just because you saw the pastor in your dream doesn't mean that that's the pastor sometimes it's the lord showing you that he is the pastor in the dream room that's what i'm saying dream language is very cryptic oh just because you see somebody from church in your dream doesn't mean that that's the person it could it could symbolize something else that's why you have to always cultivate your dreams with prayer and ask the lord to unveil understanding to you okay so lord we just thank you for this moment we honor um i want us to decode this dream by um joseph let's look at it before we end so genesis 37 8 no 7 there we were binding sheaves in the field there we were People who are dreamers always talk in the past tense because they've seen it happen. So it's not, you know, there we are. They normally say there we were. There was. There, there, there were. They never talk in the, in the present or the future because they've seen it happen already. So it makes sense that he says there we were. Now I want us to look at says binding sheep in the field. This is something that they already did. And, you know, majority of the time, God will use something that you're already familiar with to talk to you. Something that you're, you've you been exposed to, to talk to you. Because he wants to get the the dream started. He wants to get you going. He wants to get you understanding what he's trying to tell you. Okay? So this is something that they already did. They already bind sheep already. So that he, he knew where they were. Then behold. I want us to pause there. Then behold. Behold is the announcement of a shift that has happened announcement you know behold the the son of god behold like there's an announcement happening and those that announce those things are mostly angelic beings right so then behold right and so um that was an announcement of a shift that was coming in joseph's life my sheaf arose that means that his sheep his sheaf was not it was already bundled up but it was not standing up so that means that joseph had to be aligned there was an alignment that needed to happen in his life there was a uh, order that needed to happen in his life he was out of alignment so his chief his chief was probably on the side so laying on the side so he had to be aligned straight right uh, and my chief arose and also stood upright so he had to be he had to stand upright there had to be a, an order, right? A development that had to happen. So those are prophetic 
revelation of what God is going to take him through. Because before he, his sheep, before their, their sheep bows down to his sheep, he had to be, he had to arise and align. So God was telling him, yes, you are bundled up. Your sheep is, you know, is binded up just like, you know, what you saw in a dream that you guys were binding sheep in the field. But you are out of alignment, even in the place that you are. I cannot do much with you where you are now, right? And also, you have to stand upright, meaning that I'm, he's trying to shift him into leadership, into authority, into who he called him to be. And so there had to be a shift happen in his life. An alignment. There had to be a cultivating. There had to be a maturity that needed to happen in his mind, in his spirit, in his soul, in his walk with God, in everything. So he he had to go through a process. That's a process. And that's the shift. And it says, stood up. And um, and indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to me, to my sheaf. So before they stood up to bow down, Joseph had to arise and stand upright. He didn't understand that part of the of the dream that you know, and even the brothers. I don't think the brothers understood that part of the dream either because. All they focused on what all they focused on was their part in the dream. Um, and so their part was to their part was also to stand up. They also had to um, be aligned, right? And that alignment was them going to, and I'm giving this away, was them going to um, where he was at Potiphar's house and of Pharaoh, you know. Anyway, so. Um, they had to also stand up all around and all around is not just Joseph brothers, but other, other people as well. Cause there are other people that bow down to him in leadership, right? So he wasn't really getting the, the depthness of this dream. And it says, and bow down to my sheep. Of course, you know, he had to, they had to be submitted to him. That submission was not what they were looking for. He didn't know that other people had to submit to him too, not just his brothers or his family, but other people as well. Now let's go back to the second dream that he had. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers. And in this second dream, God was trying to retell him. Now that's the thing about the thing about God is that He will tell you as many times as He needs to concerning what He's trying to tell you. The first time He didn't get it. He, he you know. Of course, he knew that his brothers were going to bow down to him. But God was trying to tell him, hey, there's a shift coming. You're about to be aligned. You're about to be shifted. I'm trying to arise you and align you. Right? He didn't know that. And so, it says here, because if he knew, he wouldn't be like, oh, my brother sold me into slavery. Or, you know, how could they cause me to come to, you know, Potiphar's house and all of that. That was all part of the alignment. So when you dream, ask the Lord what he's doing and what's next for him to do. He might say, prepare yourself because there's a shift coming, right? And sometimes shift, shifting is not fun sometimes. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not. So because you have to leave some things behind and he had to leave his family, his whole family behind what he knew about 
he had to basically be Abraham, right? In this in this time, without knowing that he had to be Abraham. So and leave everything and go to a place that he will show him. So he says here, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time, see, he realized that the dreams are different. He realized that the difference of it. But he says, by this time, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bow down to me. This is a continuation of the dream that he had the first one. This second dream is continuing the first dream where he stopped at a part where he said, bow down to my sheep. And then at that time in time, right, the time that it will happen, in this time that it happens, the sun. So he wasn't saying that just the brothers are going to bow down to him, but he said, what? My mother, my father, and you guys are also going to bow down to me. So when he gets shifted and he gets aligned and he gets put in position of leadership, his brothers are going to come to him. So Joseph, this was God telling him of what is to come and what he's about to do in the coming days and what he's going to do in the future. This was a dream of revelation, a dream of comfort as well. But Joseph didn't get the whole grips of it because if he did, he would, when he went to Potiphar's house, he would know in his heart that God is eventually going to bring his brothers to him. Of course, he knew it. He knew his brothers were going to bow to him, but I don't think that he knew his father was going to come in a way that God will use his brothers to get his fathers to him because he knew eventually they're going to bow down to him, but he didn't know that it was going to be where he was going to be at. I believe that many of us, we, if we were in his position, we would think, oh, we will have to go back to where they are for them to bow down to him. But no, God said he's going to bring them to you for them to bow down to you. Okay, so this is the dream that Joseph dreamed. And God was still trying to talk to him and let him know with this, this different types of dream that he had, what he was trying to show him. We don't see a lot of dreams that Joseph talked about here. We don't see a lot of dreams that Joseph talked about. We, we, we see for this part, we only see two dreams that he talked about. Um, and it wasn't like a long dream. And honestly, Joseph's dream room was not the main gift. Mm -mm. It wasn't. The main gift is going to come later on. When God raises him up, like he showed him in the dream, and stands him, stands him upright. That is his main gift. God was showing him his real gift. Was that of... And we're going to learn about that the next time. <laughs> Throughout this this uh, teaching of Joseph's, we're going to learn about the true gift of Joseph. People always say, oh, Joseph the dreamer. Yeah, he's a dreamer. But there are hidden hidden gems to Joseph that are bigger than the dream that he saw. Because even in the whole entire book, we don't really see Joseph dreaming a lot. Right? We don't see him dreaming a lot. We see him encountering some lessons and some tests and some things. But we don't see him dreaming a lot. So we're going to see the real gifts of Joseph when we, we, we continue. But, you know, you can really dissect dreams with the help of the Holy Spirit. He can help you dissect dreams just as Daniel did in the book of Daniel. Okay. Um, 
let the Lord help you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for tuning into Devoted. Um, today, we listen to um, Glory by Kimberly and Arbetta Rivera. They are anointed glory carriers. You got to gotta listen to their instrumental worships. I love instrumental worships. Um, you know, when you walk in discernment, you can pick up. I don't listen to everybody when it comes to worship. Even some of the people I listen to, I don't listen to anymore. But you got to be careful because when your ears are in tune to glory, there are some worship music that you hear and you're like, mm, nah, this is not doing it for me. And there are some worship music that you hear and you're like, yep, this is it. This is it. I want us to listen to a song by Be Lifted by Mog Music. Um, he's a, a great, great worshiper. I think he's um Nigerian worshiper. So let's listen to that. And I also played uh, John PQ. I'm playing I'm gonna play John PQ song right after this. So I hope today ministered to you. I hope you were blessed. And remember, pray over your dream room. Even if you're not a dreamer, just pray. Pray over it. Love you all. Have a blessed day. Remember, God loves you. Some people have seen where God has brought you from. They don't really understand it. They don't know your story. Not imagine, not imagine pain the trials, the pain the trials I've had to give. You don't know, you don't know my story. You don't know the day he saved me. I was at my lowest, at my lowest
we honor you, God. We reverence your name. And we thank you for the dream realm. You are so unique and so detailed and so powerful that you know how to speak to us in different facets. One of the facets, Lord, is the dream realm. So as we've learned about dream realm today, I just pray that you add to it. That anyone that is a dreamer, God, in their infancy level, in their uh, mature level, and even in their next dimension level, Lord, he will give them understanding. The gift of understanding these dreams. Because without understanding, it's just words. Without understanding, it's just words. So I pray for that Jacob understanding of dreams, God, that you've given Jacob, that you will give to your people. Even the Daniel understanding of dream, that anointing, God, we receive it in the name of Jesus, that you will impart it into us. That we will not just be dreamers, but be dreamers with wisdom, with revelation, with understanding, and with love, and with authority. So I just ask you the Lord do bakore basitere masoto that da bakatide ikore iskore matayana that those that are Joseph's in this moment that as you're cultivating them in the dream room that they will yield their members to you that they will be humble before you that they will be um, meek before you God. So that you will be able to give them revelation of everything everything that they, they are dreaming. Now I ask you that Lord you remove any of the Joseph. Any of the enemies God that are, are around Joseph. That are not supposed to be there. And those that are enemies of the spirit of Lord you reveal it to them. in And show them how to handle them. If they are to part or if they are to be a Peter or a Judas. So we do pray and we seal this moment with the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.